to our podcast, Inspiring Living with me, Mark Candelario. I'm an architect, blogger, traveler, chef, father, and husband. I'm the founder and now partner of a fabulous 25-person architecture firm specializing in high-end residential architecture, designing amazing homes across the country. We have hosted tours to Italy, Spain, and now Napa over the last 20 years. And in the course of all this, I have met a lot of interesting people who truly inspire me. Our podcast is about all the opportunities that are right there in front of us to inspire living. Yes, we will talk about architecture and design, but every week we will venture into all sorts of topics that will inspire you, teach you, and motivate you to inspire living every day. My guests will include a wide gamut of amazing people from those in the design industry to clients to real estate professionals, chefs, artists, sports figures, and philanthropists, and people who just flat out get it. Sit back and enjoy, and let's have some fun exploring all the opportunities that are there just waiting for us. Please subscribe and get ready to be inspired every week. Okay, as my dad says, here we go. Because Inspiring Living is all about the people and the organizations that inspire us, we are excited to have Monogram Appliances as one of our sponsors. Anytime we do a new kitchen or a kitchen remodel, Monogram Appliances are what we recommend to our client. Their appliances are the definition of luxury, meticulously detailed using the finest materials and an ownership experience that is second to none. Okay, we are getting so excited about our new demonstration kitchen at our offices, and uh, the details are just starting to come together, and we are going to have this kitchen totally tricked out by Monogram. It's going to be fantastic. We're so excited to cook there. I just had a client come by on Friday and kind of walk them through the new expansion and took them back there, and they're like, wow, this is going to be so darn cool. So get ready for a lot of cooking over there at Candelaria Design. You know, Monogram is always thinking ahead and inspiring and elevating the kitchen experience. Because at Monogram, they don't just elevate one thing, they elevate everything. Good morning, everybody. Happy Monday. Here we are already. It's the middle of the month of January. I mean, we are cruising through this month. And um, so far, it's been fantastic. I'm just so excited by the energy and everything that's happening. And I've got a great guest for you today. I've got the man, Mr. Juan Roque. He's going to be in the house, and you're going to love his interview. He is such an inspiring, energetic dude, and, and um, I'm really glad he took the time to, to do this for us. Uh, but first, I want to thank two ladies who just did an outstanding job last night, Letitia Fry, who was on our podcast a few weeks ago, and Jennifer Gage, who is the founder of Gigi's Playhouse. We were at their gala last night at the uh, JDW Marriott up there at Desert Ridge. And um, man, I'll tell you, what an evening. What an evening. Very inspiring. Great job. Uh, hosted by Carrie Pena, who's, who also did a fantastic job. And to see what that um, foundation has done, what that charity has done in the last seven years from the initial inspiration from Jennifer Gage to what it has become today, serving over 700 families in the Valley. Amazing. So definitely listen to their podcast and stay tuned. Mr. Juan Roque is ready to roll. All right. I've got a guy here today that I have admired for a long, long time. First of all, I'm an ASU guy. I went to ASU. I never graduated. I dro I'm a dropout, as everybody knows, but we won't, we won't go into that story. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, uh, I loved watching this guy play. He played one of the most amazing positions, tackle, but... This guy could kick ass. <laughs> so it was fun. It was during the, the Jake Plummer years, right? Yes. 92 to 96. Played in the Rose Bowl. Got drafted by the Detroit Lions. All-American. 
There's all kinds of things. We're going to talk about all of them, though, right? I've got Juan Roque here, the man, the ASU Sun Devil, the dude. Thank you for being here, buddy. Mark, thank you so much for having me. Can we just end it there after that introduction? I, <laughs> I don't even know if I can, I can get better than that in this oh, podcast. So, but uh, thank you so much for your kind words. I no, really and I, appreciate I remember, I mean, I remember, I remember you as a fan. I mean, I, I was a huge fan of yours when, when you, know, you were at ASU. And then social media came and all that stuff, and I kind of found you there again and reached out to you a little bit. And you were the nicest dude, man. I mean, you were so thank nice. Thank you, thank you. And yeah. I think I invited you over to... We got you. Started following some of my food pictures. I think. yes, yes, and definitely. Some of my cooking, Those right? are very enticing when when you post the the, <laughs> the awesomeness that you cook and yeah. So you uh, just came over and what did I give you? Uh, I don't recall. It was uh, you made something Spanish oh, back then. I believe. It was yes. like a, a pork roast. I remember pork that. roast. Yes, it was delicious. Yeah, but today, but tonight, tonight you gave me paella. And paella I have right? to admit that's probably the best I've ever had. And I have a very limited palate on Spanish cuisine. Uh, Las Vegas, Chicago, places that I've been to. Yeah. But by far, Mark, yours it's blew them good, out of the water. So you oh, know, you know pretty good. You, no, it was fantastic. You know it where to get fabulous. it now, right? Uh, yeah, you got a customer. If you ever <laughs> if you ever go to market with those things, I will be the first one to endorse your product. All right, there we go. Wholeheartedly. We, we may have to talk about that. There we go. <laughs> so we're going to give you a to-go package to take to your beautiful wife, Jen. Sounds so. good. I'm sure she'll really appreciate that. Yep. She loves you guys, you know, as you know. So Yeah, so I think we met at my house back in my little condo. Yes. Back in what year did you figure it out? Like 2015? Mine in 2015, but also went to your company's uh, yeah. uh, party. I don't remember if it was during December. I think it, was my it was 30th anniversary party or something yes, like that. Where, where I retired. Time. Yeah, you did retire, but then you unretired. You, you kind of you did a Wolf of Wall Street, if everyone ever saw that movie, where you're, you're going to leave and then you're not going to leave. And yeah, then you're like, the heck with it, I'm coming back. I'm but, making a slow exit. Let's just hey, put it that but way. You know what? Hey, when, you got, when you're passionate about something, yeah, right. Mark, and you know, as you are with Candelaria Design, I mean, it, it's, some, it's no one, anyone that, that's around you and that sees what you're about will say that, that you have that passion, that same passion that an athlete has. And, yep, ex- and, and that's what it takes to succeed is, is you have to have that passion. You have to have that willingness to do what the other guy doesn't, you know, go the extra mile. Why are you successful? The same reason athletes are successful yeah. is because you have to set yourself apart and you have to do it quickly. Right. Uh, and you have to do it in a way that's going to make you be seen and make you be known. So, you know, yep. it's not a surprise that you're successful. And well, what's well, fun talking yeah. to you, because I use the sports analogy all the time. You know, I, pl- I only played high school sports, but I learned so much just in those four years of playing high school sports that there's so much in sports that you can apply to business. Oh, absolutely. And as you have a team and yep. I see the way you guys go to Europe, you guys are always together. Yep. It's the same thing in a locker room. It's no different than in an office setting. What are the differences? Well, yes, you're, you're sweating and you're, you're getting beat up by coaches and you're conditioning to play a football game. But in the corporate world, and I apply this in my job as well, is you have to have that attitude of oneness. Right. We are one. A team. We're one mind. We're a team. Yep. We're one heart, one body. We're going in one direction. And if you get people to buy into that, amazing things will happen. You totally. know, what, the most successful businesses are usually built on that premise. You got to yeah. be a team. Yep. You got to be one. You got to believe in one another, have each other's backs. And make sure that everything that you do every single day is to better for that mission, the whole, yeah. you know, above the one. Yeah, so. totally. I mean, I think I always kind of look at it like atoms. Like if all of a sudden you have all these atoms collectively moving in the same direction, that energy force is freaking unbelievable. Oh, of course. Right. And it, it can move mountains. And, <laughs> and it some of the greatest achievements were not done by one, one or two single people. It's usually a group of people that were involved and right. were able to get that one person going and. Uh, it's a beautiful thing, like you said, when it's the, the atoms all going in the same direction and causing one heck of an energy field. Totally. And when those things do come together, like for us in 1996, it could culminate into something special. That and was that was an exciting. I mean, 
I still that Nebraska game still is like one of the <laughs> best freaking games I ever watched. I mean, it's like I loved watching that game. You know, to to be here now twenty four years, Isn't that crazy. Uh, this this September from that game, and the way people still talk about it like it was yesterday. Yeah. It, it, to me, you know, being forty five years old now, and you know, being twenty three years, almost twenty four years away from that game, and the, the way that people just talk about it with such nostalgia, such passion. Like it just happened yesterday. Yeah. It just shows how in that moment in time. That team brought this community here in Phoenix together and, yeah. and the whole Valley of the Sun, actually, no, not just Phoenix, but the whole Valley that even now we're almost a quarter century since it happened. And they speak about it with the same enthusiasm and passion as if it was just the, the yeah. previous Saturday. It it's, it's a beautiful it thing. I love it. It feels like it was just the previous Saturday. It does, know. doesn't it? Oh, Jeez. God, yeah. It was it's only been almost team. 24 years. Yeah, yeah, almost so a quarter weird. century. But hey, yeah. So we're going to talk about the current ASU helm. And I kind of like what's I like what I'm starting to see there. We'll talk about it some more, but sure, I am one hundred percent on the Herm train. I, I, I am think too. that uh, we finally got somebody in there who understands what it's going to take yeah. in today's environment, in today's in today's athlete world, yep. to get us to that next level. Because it, it is a, it is a tricky river to navigate. Sometimes you know, talk about building brands and things. I mean, it's just a whole different well, dynamic. Yeah. It's a lot than more when than I was eighteen years old. Football. I just wanted to go to college and get it paid for, you know, because I didn't want my parents to pay for it because they couldn't afford it. So yeah. So let's go back there. Animal. Let's go back yes. there. Let's go back to the beginning. Okay. Oh man, I came to ASU in 1992. Okay. And let's go way back. Oh, way back. Where, okay. where were you born? I was born in San Diego, California. San Diego, my yep. my mother was already a resident of the U.S. Uh, my grandfather was recruited to work at, uh, I believe, Greyhound or, mm. or one of those big companies here yep. back in there. Those trailways. There was Greyhound. He worked in in the in Mexico as a you know in Mexico back in the in the old days. You know they couldn't drive around with a mechanic on the bus. Yeah, it just it wasn't set up that way. So everyone that drove buses because I was a mode of transportation in Mexico up until very recently. Huh. Um, Everyone traveled by bus, yeah. and there were luxury buses, there were second-class buses, yeah. but the drivers had to understand the mechanics of the bus itself in case it broke down. Because you know, Mexico is very vast, yeah. and it's not like the U.S. where you may have you know sixty, fifty miles of nothingness, and then all of a sudden there's a town. Right, Mexico, you go a Hundreds. couple hundred miles. Yeah. Before you even see electricity, so you're a so, multitasker bus yeah, driver. and especially in yeah, this was in the fifties, you know, forties, yeah. so. The drivers had to be mechanics. Right. They had to be able to fix their buses. They had to be able to get that, you know, going. So my grandfather, who was educated, you know, he had a degree and he drove buses, but he was a mechanic. He was recruited to come to Los Angeles hmm. back then, um, and they they emigrated him, and he was the head mechanic, I believe, at Greyhound. It, it was one of those. Might have been RTD. I don't remember. He was yeah. the head mechanic at one of those for many, many, many years. Hmm. He lived in Norwalk, right there off of Alondra, you know, right near the the I believe the six hundred five freeway. Interesting. Um, yeah. Hey, my and my dad was a my dad was a mechanic. Really? Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it seemed like that was the, the big trade back then. Oh, yeah. and, and you know, mechanics Great have job. beautiful minds. If you think they they oh, yeah. really are able to see things that we just don't. They they're almost on a savant level when it comes to breaking <laughs> an engine apart and telling yeah. you exactly what's going on. I couldn't do that. I, my brain doesn't work that way. I, my dad I tried draw, to teach me mechanics I as a kid. Screw anything together. Yeah, no. I couldn't. I, I can write, <laughs> and you know, I can talk. You know, talk your off and things yeah. like that. So you lived in Mexico for a little while. We did. Um, so I was born in San Diego. My mother was already a resident. That's why I was born here. My yep. dad was from Mexico. He he lived in Aguascalientes, which both my parents are from there. But then my father didn't really want to come to the States, so we lived in Veracruz for a couple of years. Okay. My mother did not want to live in Mexico. Yeah. She had already gotten a taste of life in yep. L.A. Yep. She was not trying to stay there. Uh, so she eventually convinced my father to, to come to the U.S. And my father, you know, sad, unfortunately, wasn't illegal for, for many years. 
Uh, finally, uh, under Smith-Mazzoli, he was able to legalize himself in 1986, which is not what called amnesty under Reagan. So my dad was a diehard Republican until the day he died because of that. He was, was a Republican. Ronald Reagan was a hero in our house because he was yeah. able to legitimize himself um, through that. And then, of course, in 2000, he became a citizen of the country. Awesome. So I grew up in Ontario, California. Um, after we lived in Mexico, my parents moved to... Uh, to LA again, and then uh, we moved to Baldwin Park just for like you know just months at a time, mm-hmm. and then my parents bought their first house, and it's the house they own. My, my mother owns now to this day in Ontario. Awesome. Um, since the first grade on, do I you That's know so graduating cool. high school and I uh, grew up in a rough part of Ontario. It was um, in those days. Now it's really quiet. A lot of the property's been taken over by young families, and yeah. it's not like it was when yeah, when, when I was there. when I was growing up. There was a rough and tumble. You know, the head of the Mexican mafia is from Ontario. It's from that neighborhood. Um, where I grew up, so if that tells you anything, there's yep. a lot of street gangs, a lot of violence. I mean, I, I knew what a what a PCP, a shermhead was, because we'd see these guys, you know, just whacked out on the street. The cops would pick them up, they'd bite the cops. I mean, we saw stuff like that growing up. I mean, I lost my best friend hmm. at 16. He was shot, you know, six houses from where I grew wow. up. So it was a rough area, yep. and it was almost like you had to live two lives. You had to live your life at home, um, and then you had to live your life at school. And I kind of had to walk that line. Because I didn't want to be involved in the gangs, especially after my friend Frankie died. And yeah. I just figured that's, that's I, I don't want that. I, I don't want to do that to my parents. But I was good at sports. I was good at yep. school. Yep. And you had to navigate that water. It was tricky because, yep. of course, they tried to recruit you into the gang. And I still have friends to this day who went down that path. And sadly, you know, they, 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 their life is full of regret now. Yeah. Some that have done some serious time. And they even say now, you know, geez, we thought you were the weird one. You know, we should have followed your path. A couple of them that were really good athletes that maybe would have had a chance to, to yep. go on. But... They chose that lifestyle. and So somehow you knew. I just knew that that's, I knew I wanted to be more. <clears throat> than where that was. Going. And I wanted to achieve more than just being another kid from the hood. Yeah. And, and so somehow you saw enough down that other path that you said, I don't want to go that way. No, I, I, I figured either military or sports, but one way or another, I was going to get the hell out of Ontario. Yeah. And I was going to go live a life and go to college and, the, the, you know, probably since the sixth grade. My sixth grade teacher, God bless her, Mrs. Swanson, who believed in me, the first teacher that believed in me, you know, I was kind of a problem child, Mark. I, I was in counseling. I was, kind of, I was a fat kid. I was a little awkward, and I got picked on a lot hmm. And until I realized that I was bigger than my tormentors. <laughs> yeah. So then I started fighting back. Well, as you know, in, even in football, this is true, is the one who's antagonizing is never the one that gets caught. It's right. the one who's Second, reacting. Just, yeah, yeah. And yeah, you get, just like you get, you get a 50-yard personal foul white because <laughs> someone says something stupid to you, you turn around, you hit them, yeah, or you, you shove them. You get them. caught. Or someone, yeah, or someone chips at you or pushes you yeah, and you yeah. push them back. You're the one who gets caught. Well, that was the story of my life as in elementary school is I'd get suspended because someone would say something stupid to me or they do something, and then I would react. And, of course, I'm twice their size, and all, everyone only saw me react. And right. You're um, the bully. Yeah, my sixth grade teacher is the one who actually believed in me and started giving me these books. She started giving me, you know, The Adventures of Tom Sawyer, The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. Up until that point, I was a problem child. I was getting in trouble. I didn't want to be in class. What was happening was I was finishing my work and then I just goof off. Yeah. So she started figuring that out and gave me, I remember in sixth grade, I could tell you the books I read. It was, it was Tom Sawyer. It was Huckleberry Finn. I read The Prince and the Popper. I read Great Expectations. I read... Um, to Kill a Mockingbird, which yeah. is still one of my yep. all-time favorite books to this day. Um, not realizing until the end of the year that these were kids, these were books that are given to college kids or right. high school kids. Right. And I didn't know this. And she says, you have the potential to go to college, and I expect that from you. She goes, you're a lot smarter than you give yourself credit for. it. I expect from this moment on, you're going to be a good student. You're going to stop goofing off. And she goes, you have potential. Yep. She's the first one that told me that. Yeah. Um, so so to just this hearing day, that. 
made a difference. It was different. Yeah. Because up until that point, I thought there was something, quote unquote, wrong with me. That, right. that I was always in trouble and getting picked on. Well, junior high happened. I was a so-so student in junior high, but it's in high school where I finally pulled it all together. Um, especially when the reality of playing college football yeah. became evident after after my, my sophomore year. So in high school, you, you started down the hatches. And has you, high school, you got into football, though. Yes, I didn't play organized football again. Too big, too fat, too chunky. I played baseball and I hated it. Oh, <laughs> I couldn't do much of anything except swing the bat. Yeah, what position um, did you play in baseball? I played outfield. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I was one of the kids that only played three innings. Right I was one of the time. kids that played three innings, and, you know, just to, to make sure I got the, my time in the game oh, so over funny. there in left field somewhere. Um, I could swing the bat though, and when I connected yeah, with the I ball, bet. it went pretty far. But yep. that, uh, you know, it was it was not my sport. Um, but uh, so football found you though. Football found me, and I, I always loved football. I always yeah. wanted to play football since you know, I was in elementary school. My favorite team was the Raiders. Uh, I also looked at the Bears, you know, the 85 Bears. Who could forget that oh, team? Yeah. I still remember Great that team. Super Bowl. Yep, I do too. Um, and I wanted to the play fridge, defense. Man. Yeah, the fridge. See, I wanted to play defense <laughs> like, you know, uh, Michael or, or McMichael and, you know, Ron Rivera and those yeah. guys that played on that team. That was and a good team. And defense was where I wanted to be. And, of course, Howie Long was one of my yep. one of idols, Lyle Alzado. Yep. And... Of course, in high school, what did I play? Defensive tackle. And yep. that's what I made a name for myself in crushing <laughs> opposing quarterbacks and running backs. And I, I played with a fury. I mean, I was all that anger and all the stuff I went through as a kid, I, I used to just take it out on <laughs> whoever was in there. front of me. You know, you're like the water boy. It was kind of like that, you know, only, <laughs> only with Spanish accents. You know? <laughs> yeah, but, that's, that's good. So, so uh, I, that, that led to me, of course, being recruited. I got recruited by a lot of the big, the big, the Pac 10 at that so time. So were you being recruited as a defensive player? Defe well, I was wanting defense. Yeah. They were telling me defense. I don't think there was any way in hell I was going to play defense in, in college. They were grooming me to be an offensive lineman because I got moved to offense my, my senior year. And, of course, I hated offense. In high school. But I got I was all Valley, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, all league yeah. in offense. Yeah. And defense, too, but on offense, which was a shock to me. I'm like, I didn't huh. think I was that good. And then college coaches started saying, hey, you're pretty good on offense. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. And I'm like, and then now looking at it, you know. Several years later, my, my high school coach knew what he was doing. Yeah. He, he, he put saw me on it. offense for a reason. Yep. And I lasted at ASU maybe three weeks on defense. <laughs> and they said, go see Coach Cazetto. You're moving to offense, and the rest is history there. And so, so I you, came here in were, August you, of 92. You were looking at USC. USC, um, UCLA, I told no. See, I grew yeah. up a USC fan. Yeah. This is, it's hard for me to hate the Trojans, Mark. As much as I hate them when we play yeah. them, it's hard for me to hate them the other 364 days of the year because I grew up cheering for the yeah, Trojans. You yeah, know, Rodney yeah, you Pete, oh, yeah. you know, all those guys. Um, Mark Carrier. Yeah, we so go on and on. How did you go to ASU? How did you choose that? So I was being recruited by Cal, yeah. Washington, Washington yep. State. A, um, not ASU yet, but USC were the big. Oregon, I told no. Oregon State, of course, they're losing. You're not going to go to there. Yeah. Um, so UW, Wazoo, Cal, and and um, USC were the ones pushing the hardest. And of course, Nebraska from the Big Eight was big time recruiting me. You know, Tom Osborne offered me a scholarship right away. Huh. He was in our living room. You know, my mom still laughs about that. She made him quesadillas. <laughs> she made Tom Osborne quesadillas. <laughs> you know. um, so that's one of her big stories, you know, because he won all those national titles yeah. when I was in college. And she used to rib me for that real quick, getting out point, but she used to go, you could have went there and won, won a lot of national titles. I'm like, yeah, but I wouldn't have been happy, Mom. So it was really good beating him <laughs> that day. Oh, it was sweet. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so back to the recruiting part yeah. portion of it is I really liked Cal. Um, USC, of course, was where my heart was. I wanted to be a Trojan. That's that's kind of where where I grew up. Either USC, UCLA or USC. Some kids were Sooners fans. We also cheered for Florida State, which was yeah. so awesome beating them yeah. in the bowl game recently. Because we did watch them as kids, you know, Ampley and, and oh, those yeah. guys. But um, I I loved USC, of course. Wanted to be a Trojan, all that stuff. But I really, really was just enamored with Bruce Snyder. Yeah. 
Um, there was something about Coach Snyder when I finally met him in person. I'd only talked to him on the phone up to this point. I'd never actually met him. I've only, I only met Rod Marinelli up to that point. Hmm. And Rod Marinelli, let me tell you something about this guy. I know they're having their rough times over there. Dallas, one of the best coaches to ever coach. Um, he's just, he's, a, he's, a, he's a, from Southern California. He's a kid who grew up just like I did. Kid, he's a grown man, excuse me. Yeah. But we had a lot of similar backgrounds. So in talking to Coach Marinelli, I developed that bond with him yep. because of that, that, common, you know, that common thread. He's from Rosemead. I'm from Ontario. Um, he went to Cal Lutheran, went to Vietnam. You know, a, wow. was a guy who just you know, made himself and then developed into one hell of a college coach at the time. But I just, I loved his intensity. I loved his passion. And then that weekend when I went to my Cal trip. Now, funny thing is I got sick, so I didn't really enjoy my trip. But there's one thing that stood out is I watched him practice for the bowl game. Hmm. It's the only team to that point that I'd ever seen practice. I'd never seen a college team practice before. That had an effect on me, Mark. Interesting. Seeing Bruce Snyder, seeing Dan Cazetto, yeah. seeing Rod Marinelli coach their guys, and, how and the way their it. guys responded to them. Yeah. You're like, I want to get in on that. <laughs> I want to be part of this. You felt that energy. But sadly, it was in Berkeley. Yeah. And if you've ever been to Berkeley, yeah, I'm sure yeah. you have. It's yeah. not necessarily the most eye-appealing place in yeah. the country. It's, it's kind of dumpy. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's a little ugly. Not Campus my favorite. is beautiful. Not my favorite place. Yeah, and you know they took us around town, and I'm kind of <laughs> like, okay. Now, mind you, I'd already been on a trip to Washington State, and that's way up in the middle of nowhere, nowhere yeah, up in the Palouse. But I had a great yeah. time on my trip because... <laughs> Everybody lives there. Yeah. So it's college kids everywhere. You know, we were, we were walking through these hallways, and it was just an amazing time. Interesting. But deep down, I knew I wasn't going to go there. It's too darn far. Yeah. Um, I wanted to go somewhere where I can be close enough, but far enough away. ASU's perfect. Exactly. That's, uh, it, that's, yeah. it, it came together perfectly. So to make the long story short, I really love Bruce Snyder. I love the way that they coach. Of course, they won that Citrus Bowl that year. They almost beat Washington that year to go mm-hmm. to the Rose Bowl. Um. But it was in Berkeley, and again, my heart was with the Trojans. After my trip to Nebraska, I pretty much was said, you know, I'm not going to take my trip to UW. I canceled that trip. Even though they'd won the national title, I wasn't feeling it with Seattle. I wasn't feeling it with UW. Yep. Um, so I committed to USC. Well, Rod Marinelli knew I had this bond with him. I really liked Coach Snyder. Coach Snyder gets hired at ASU. And about a week after I announced my commitment, you know, and back then we didn't have Twitter, we didn't have Facebook, right, right. We didn't, you, you announced no it, you announced it to the newspaper. Yeah. So I announced it to, you know, the Inland Valley Daily Bulletin, where I grew up by uh, Alan Wallace over at Super Prep. I uh, notified him that, hey, I'm committing to USC, and it's pretty much it, that's it. I took my trip to USC, and I was pretty much done. Yeah. I figured that's, you know, it's, it's, it's this, this is where my life is yep. going. Well, one day... Bruce Snyder shows up at my high school with Rod Marinelli, Coach Marinelli, and with Dr. Ron Cox. Hmm. Anybody who's been affiliated with ASU football knows the name Dr. Ron Cox. He's a, a, he is a man's man. He served in the Army. He's an officer in the Army. He just has a commanding presence, Mark, and he had an effect on me that I would say was profound for being 17 years old. He was in my living room. Now, granted, now I see the sales pitch because yeah. Coach Snyder and Coach Marinelli didn't know squat about ASU. <laughs> they had just gotten hired. Yeah, they just got hired. So they yeah. just moved to Tempe. They're probably still living out of their suitcases, right? <laughs> so they brought in their closer. They brought in Dr. Ron Cox. They knew what they were doing. And he sat in my living room and told me about Arizona State and about what they had to offer and about the things that, that he'd seen and the development. And, and where it was going to go. And Tempe, exactly. And where they wanted to go with Coach Snyder, why yep. they hired Coach Snyder, yep. and, and just the potential that was there. It intrigued me. And again, I had an instant, I was drawn to Coach Cox, Dr. Cox, and I said, you know, I'll take my last trip. What the heck? Yeah. My high school coach, I realized later on, was pulling the strings behind my back, telling them, 
get him over there. I don't want him. He didn't want me to go to USC. He figured if I was going to go to SC, it was too close to home. Yep. Um, too close to the homies, as they yep. say. Too yep. close to the neighborhood. Yep. And maybe that sense. wasn't the best for me. Um, totally see it now. To 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 flourish. So yep. he didn't want me to go there. He never told me that because you know I was dead set on it. Right. So I took the trip to ASU, and this was during January of 1992, and I fell in love. Hmm. You can you can't not fall in love with the Valley, Mark. This <laughs> is a wonderful place to live. It's beautiful. The people here are fantastic. Um, oh, same thing with me. I, I, mean, I, I was just, I, I love at first sight, man. I was and going to school in Boulder, and I came oh. down. Uh, yeah, another Berkeley. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so I came down here, uh, spring break. Yeah, walked down Palm. What's it called? Palm, Palm Lane. Palm Lane. Yeah, or Palm Court. Whatever. Or Palm Walk. I believe. Palm Walk. Yeah. Anyway, I'm walking down this thing. I'm smelling the orange blossoms. I'm seeing the most beautiful women I think I've oh, ever yeah. seen in my life. And I go back to Boulder and it's Birkenstock City with hairy women, and I'm like. This and snow it. and so I fell in love. I fell in love with ASU too. Absolutely, yeah. It's 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 not hard to do. Not hard. To and do. I mean, what they have now is fantastic oh, and fabulous, good, spectacular. You, oh my gosh! I haven't walked down the. I campus. go on campus a lot, and it. Yeah, I was, it's ridiculous I drove what down they have there now. a couple of, about maybe six, twelve months ago, whatever. I could not believe how different Tempe is. It's way different. It's it, and from, even from and, and it was badass back then. Now yeah. it's just spectacular. It's and, amazing. And. You know, again, they, and, and anyone who lives here will tell you. I mean, you, you, you fall in love with this place. It, yeah. it just it gets inside of you. Um, I came to the trip. I, I saw the way the players interacted with each other, and that was big for me is to watch the way that the team, you know, like a guy like Shantae Carver and Brian yeah. Hooks, and yeah. these guys were brothers. So they, I they forgot were, about all those names, so it's great when you yeah, say Yeah, Manny Carvajal. You know, I could go Mike Ballion was my host at the time, and, uh, you know, I, I took a recruiting trip with uh, Sam Santana out of Southern California who was from Paramount High School. And, huh. Again, we didn't have Twitter, Facebook, social media. You knew about each other through this magazine called Cal High Sports. That's yeah. how, well, that's how I knew who Sam yet. was. No, nothing like that. There was nothing. So we knew about each other, a lot of us, because we read Cal High Sports. Right. But we didn't know about the Arizona kids. We didn't know who they were, yeah. unless you read Super Prep, which kind of <laughs> got some of those names of who, who was who. Um, and some of us made a pact. Marcus Soward, Sam Santana, and we made a pact that we were going to come here. Um, by Saturday night, I was pretty much convinced this is where I wanted to be. Um, only time in my life that I actually went back on my word and yeah. when I gave a commitment and said no and then said no. It's a good choice. It was, I believe so. And yeah. um, I came here in August of 92 and it's, it's, been, it's been one hell of a ride. Yeah. So tell us about that. I mean, when you, when you came to Tempe and you were in, that, in the first, you know, Camp Tanazona, wasn't it? Camp Tanazona, yes. Yeah. So you guys go up there. What were you thinking being up in Payson and from a kid from Ontario? It was it was a great experience up until you started practicing. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you get up there, it's in the mountains, and anyone who's been to Tanazona, I mean, it's just one of the most beautiful settings you can ask for. The mountains are, at that time of the year, it's all green, yeah. it's lush, it's a little warm, but it's not as bad as the valley. Right. Um, breeze is blowing, and it, it just, you're just mesmerized with so it. So you're, you're in Bruce Snyder's and first Tanazona. It's Tana the Zona first Tanazona ever. Wow. And of course, you realize real quick There's that a different world. it's it's a pretty place, but it's not a pretty place to be, <laughs> um, if, if that makes any sense. Because it's it's it, it was physical. You know, yeah. we they only go up for five days. We went up for ten. Right. You know, they go five days now. That's that's it. That's wimpy. Yeah, that's we we went ten days. Yeah, ten days. Ten days, and eight of the ten days were two a days. Yeah, <laughs> you You're know, so your asses off. we were working our asses off, and yep. you know, the first three days it was two a day, two a day, two a day. We had one practice on the first Sunday, which was in full pads, and then we were two a day, two a day, two a day, two a day, all the way till Saturday. Um, so it was a grind, yeah. and it was tough. But I see the genius of it because it forged us together right. as, as brothers. Because, right. you know, again, there was no Facebook. There was yeah. nothing. Yeah. It, we just had each other. Yeah. 
and, and you, you feel isolated from the rest of the world for those 10 days. And, and yeah, it gets chippy. You, you know, everyone gets on each other's nerves and fights break out in practice. But, yeah. you know, when, when we're not on the field in, in uniform, we're, we're, you know, we're having late night conversations. You know, people think Facebook debates get heated, you know, with politics or religion. You've never been in a, an autonomous dorm room <laughs> with a bunch of tired athletes at 10 p.m. Oh, when you're supposed to be in bed and everyone's talking about, well, if, if there was a God of this and if there was a people, you're out of your mind. You're stupid. I mean. It was it was great though, but that's, that's how cool. we got to know one another. And yeah, yeah, we were all different. A lot of us had different opinions, different ways of seeing things, but we were a team, right? And we were all sun devils, right. and, and that was a beautiful thing. You know, different races, different places yeah. in the country, different economic See, backgrounds. That's the other thing I love about sports like that too is is what you just said. I mean, it's just like you form a team. It's like I don't yes. care if you're black or Mexican or don't whatever. matter. It doesn't matter. Don't matter if you're Muslim, Jewish, no Christian, atheist. When we're in that huddle, we're it's, sun devils, we're sun devils. And, and we're a team. And you right. know, our leader was Jake Plummer, and when we're looking in Jake's eyes, that's all that matters at yeah. that point. Is that, that we're all we're all one, that guy and was we're united, and we're there to you know kick some ass. And yeah. Well, see, I'm a big Denver Bronco fan, so I was excited when he played for the Broncos. He did good with the Broncos. Did I was so proud I of mean, him. He, he really was, resurrected his career there. He and did. He did great all the way through. I mean, and you know, typical Jake fashion, he never takes credit for nothing. He says it's Gary Kubiak that <laughs> oh, made cool. him a great quarterback there. He's like it was, awesome. it was Kube, man. He's like he he put me in great positions. He. He formulated the game plans you know, to what I was comfortable with. I'm like, well, Jake, you had something to do with that, too. Yeah. I mean, you were pretty damn talented. Yeah, yeah no. yeah, well, it's, a right, you know. it's a combination of all the things. Yeah, you know, he was I just mean, uh, ducked in the College Football Hall of Fame, you know, which was very yes, well-deserved because he, cool. he was a special player. He's, he's a special man. He's, yeah, so you worked up from that freshman year to, to senior year yes. to the Rose Bowl game. And that Rose Bowl game was something else. I mean, I thought you guys had that damn <sighs> thing in the freaking. I still haven't watched that game. <laughs> it's, it's hard for me to watch it. I oh. I watched snippets of it, but it's just hard because even now. I mean, the way he plumber bottomed down there, I was like, we got it. It's done. And then. Yeah, you looked at the clock and you know one thirty four, and then time. The, the squib kick, and they got the I ball know. in the forty. I mean, it was just like, oh no! And yeah. you know, we had them third down, I believe, three times, and then yep. pass interference, yep. another pass interference. You remember it better than me, but now you're bringing it all back. Oh yeah, like, see, that's why I can't watch the game because it just breaks my heart. And you know, we actually had a chance to come back and win it if you remembered. Yeah, we ran out of time. Yeah. We just we didn't have see, enough time. I went we, to the we Rose had Bowl. about forty seconds left. And I went to the Rose Bowl with Van Raphorst. I went to that with the rapper. That was a fun game. That was a fun game to watch. They beat, I think it was Michigan or Michigan. Yeah, they beat Michigan, Michigan. and yeah. they weren't supposed to beat Michigan. They they ASU surprised they everybody that, year. that yeah. game. And too. they were a surprise team, right? They weren't very well regarded at the beginning of the year. They came back and. Yeah, that was a great game. They went and won the Rose Bowl, man. That was yep. against a good Michigan team, against the Bo Schembechler Michigan yeah, team. So that was a good game. Were, good were, those guys were hard to beat back then. Yep. So you get through the Rose Bowl, and what's that transition like? I've always wondered, like, like a college player, like someone like you, an All American, just playing the Rose Bowl. And now you got to do the NFL trick. What's that like? You were a second-round draft pick, right? Second round. It, well, it was a transition just from the Rose Bowl now going to the East-West Shrine game. Yeah, where now you're in an all-star right. game setting where now you know that everything you're doing could potentially cost you money, including how you're practicing. Huh. Um, we had Ron McBride. You know, Coach McBride was coaching us on the old line, uh, the former Utah coach. Okay, yeah. was a stud coach. Um, Barry Alvarez was also coaching oh, uh, the go. East team. But uh, really just uh, – whole different mindset now because you are now basically interviewing for a job. You're you, know, you have, Yeah, and then, of course, I did the Senior Bowl, and we were being coached by the Kansas City Chief staff, who was Marty Schottenheimer's yeah. staff, and, of course, Art Shell, who there you go. I was a fan of as a kid. Yeah. I got to be coached by him, which was a huge That's honor. That's pretty cool. Um, and he was a tackle, wasn't he? He was a tackle. Yeah, so there you pretty go. Pretty damn good one. Yeah, really good. Hall <laughs> and of Famer. A, not, and a pretty darn good football coach, yeah. too. So you're transitioning now from the amateur to the professional, it's it's daunting. It's daunting. It's very intimidating. It it can really tax you and really just wear you down mentally. 
because now it's, it's everything really, you're doing is potentially money. Right, and it's just um, you. You don't have the team behind you. In essence. No, it's way different. You're, you're just, it's it's just you, you and a strength coach and, and the gym, and, and now yeah. you're in the combine, and Did everybody's out an for themselves. And Yeah, Lee Steinberg. Okay. Um, and David Dunn, but Lee, Lee for the most part. Yep. And it just wasn't the same as, as the excitement of being recruited or, right. or making that decision. Because, you know, you make that decision, you know you're going to their, yeah. to that place. It's where you're choosing to go. Yep. Now you're just wanting to be picked. Yeah. You know, think of when you're a little kid being picked in kickball and you're just anxiously waiting. You're holding the yeah. ball and they're picking, they're picking, they're picking, and you're waiting to get picked. I mean, that's really what it's like. Yeah. And whether you're the first pick or the last pick, it's not a fun experience. And yeah. that's, it's stressful. It can be very um, intimidating. You don't quite know what to say sometimes. It can be frustrating as well as angering. Right. You see, you know, lineman after lineman being selected. You know, Orlando Pace went first that draft. Yep. Uh, Walter Jones went, I believe, seventh. You know, and they're both Hall of Famers. Right. So right, I have right. no, no quarrel yeah, with that. I get you there. Tariq Lynn went 18th. You know, he's a hall. Of, he's a potential Hall of Famer. So I, I don't have a lot of a beef with that. I was a sixth lineman taken, so it's not yep. a bad spot to be yep. in. Um, I went after Ross Verbo. He went to the the Patriot um, to the Packers as a thirtieth pick. I thought I was going to go to the Packers thirtieth. He they ended up taking him because they wanted versatility. They only had me as a tackle. They had him as a guard tackle. Hmm. Um, then I went thirty fifth to Detroit. Yeah. So so when you got it was relief. Right. <laughs> what did you think about like Detroit? At first, I didn't think much of it because I knew Barry Sanders played in Detroit. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much all I knew. And Herman Moore, I believe, yeah. were the only really two names that I knew from the Lions. And yep. that's because I watched the Pro Bowl. Who was the quarterback um, then? Scott Mitchell. Oh, yeah, that's from right. From University yeah. of Utah. Yep. And then played for the Miami Dolphins. And Scott was a good dude, man. Yeah. And I know he kind of got a raw deal in, in Detroit and he got yanked in 98 and they put in Charlie Batch, if that yep. tells you anything. You know. yep. Bobby Ross may regret that decision because I think I believe that decision forced Barry Sanders to retire. Hmm. Because when you look at 97, he had the breakout year, 2,053 yards. He broke a record. Mark, it was such an honor to block for him, just that's to know so that I had cool. a hand in about 200 yeah. of those yards. <laughs> yeah, that cool? Um, really cool. Because yeah, Barry is just such a great just said, guy. I mean, He's just no an amazing human being. No one ever take that away from you. That no. is something no. that... And, that and I, got, I got injured so in that cool. game that he ran for like 225 yards. And had just if it's on YouTube, you can, you can find a 1997 yeah. Thanksgiving Day game, Detroit Lions, and you could see that we, we just... It, got to, it was a slow start, but then in the middle of the second quarter, we just started dominating the Bears, and Barry was just running up, up and down on them over the right side for the most part. <laughs> That was such an exciting thing, and uh, you know that yeah, I got hurt in that game in the start of the fourth quarter. And, you know that's just life. It, it wasn't meant for me to be a long tenured professional athlete. Um, I was bitter for it. You know, I, I went through some problems with that mentally because you feel What's like a your failure. Whole life? Yeah, it's all I knew. That's it's all, all I wanted you know. to do. And then yeah. all of a sudden, you find yourself out of football, and it's like, oh shoot, now what? And of course, I had a pregnant wife at the time. Um, we had just gotten married. She's pregnant. I'm unemployed. You know, it's and it's, it's a harsh reality transition. All of a sudden. Yeah, I tried Canadian football. Yeah, really harsh reality. Yeah, uh, was it for my wife's family? I mean, I, I don't know what we would have done yeah. at that time, but uh, we made it through and played in Canada for a year. Then tried it for a second year and it just didn't work out. Finally, I just had enough of football. Um, then it came the transition to real life, which was very difficult. I had some substance abuse issues. Got got my ass thrown in jail. Even wow. um, just dealing with that transition from. I'm no longer an athlete. Yeah. I'm no it, longer it, 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 in my it, own mind. It's all in my own no, head, it's mind all you. In your head, but you it's, know. it's your identity. It's your identity. Yeah, and it was it's all in my head, Mark. I'm, not, I'm who I am, no matter what. Right. But yeah. And but for an athlete, I think that yeah. is such a hard thing. I think it's a lashing out of a childish man yeah. who well, was desperately trying to hold on to being a kid. Yeah. And it, the harsh reality of having to man the hell up was licking me in the eye, and I, I maybe yeah. I wasn't up to the task at that well, point. Well, and I think part of it is the age that you're at at that point. I mean, I look at my life. I obviously didn't do sports. I went through this whole thing. But yeah. 
the tw- your twenties are you don't know who in the hell you are no matter it's what you're, hard no man. matter what you're doing <laughs> I don't care if you're a pro football player an architect you're trying to yeah, figure look out at who Josh Gordon man he's in his twenties you can't figure it out this kid just yeah. keeps getting busted from the NFL for some reason people think well why can't he just stop smoking weed well obviously he has a problem it's a problem and like you said you're in your twenties and I believe you're, you're you're still a teenager in a lot of senses oh, totally but your age says differently you're no longer a teen because yeah. you're not a teen number. But I believe it's really in your mid-30s when you start to figure things you out. You took the words right out of my mouth. I, I don't think you know anything about yourself really until you're about 35. That's about when my transition started yeah. to you know, be I a little bit more chill. Who, and, yeah. who I really was in, way de- deep, deep down. Deep down, yeah. You and, know what I'm saying? And a lot of my, my transformation to that really was when I sobered up, when, when I finally got rid of the alcohol and just lived my life you know, with a clear head. Yep. Um, I've become a lot more comfortable in my own skin. I, I look back now on my life and... I've had some great moments, and I have a lot of moments of appreciation. You know, I've met some great people like yourself and yep. my teammates and, and you know, um, my employer, you know, Jeffrey Phillips. You know, I've met some very incredible people that I'm very blessed to have in my life. And I think you have to get to the point where you're 45 and, and you're looking back going, you know, you're looking ahead too. You're not going anywhere yet. But right. we're at that age where, you know, we, we can look back far enough to go, wow, look that's some I pretty see. cool stuff. And <laughs> yeah. I've been part of some pretty cool things. And then you look forward going, and I'm and I ain't done yet. No, <laughs> you know, we're, say, we got I, a little ways to go I, here, but I think you have a lot of stuff coming your way. To be honest <laughs> thank with you, Mark. You, from what thank I've you. heard and what I've seen, and I, I, I just like your energy, first of all. And I, thank that's you. A, that's thank the thing you. I always find with people that that I've watched that you know a lot of my clients that are super successful, they have this energy and this passion that I think just carries them. Like it's just like football. You know, you got that passion, you can pretty much do anything. Thank you, Mark. I, I do believe that. And I believe that, um, you know, we have to sometimes go through. I, I put a Facebook post on this a while, but I don't know if you read it, where I said, you know, everyone's going to go through the fire. Yeah. We're all going to go through it. It's just life, unfortunately. We're going to go through the flames. But then one of two things is going to happen. You're either going to turn into ash or you're going to forge into steel. Right. I love and it. And I believe my flames have forged me into steel. And, you know, there's nothing that I can't face now that's going to beat me. Right. I've already been beat a few times. <laughs> yeah. So I know what it feels like. Yeah. And uh, it's just, uh, like you said, just got to keep the passion, the energy. You got to keep the motivation. You know, every day you got to wake up and you got to have a purpose. You got yeah. to have a goal for the day. You know, what, what is it that I'm trying to accomplish today? Right. And I believe if we live life like that, and this goes back to one at a time. This is what we were taught at ASU. Why were we successful, people ask. Why did we go 11-0? How did we beat Nebraska? How did we you do all these amazing things? Game. We took it one at a and time. we focused on that play. Exactly. And that's what Coach used to say. Play the play. Play the play. He used to say, you know, one of his biggest things that he would tell us in the locker room, and I'm going to take people inside the locker room right now, is he'd say, don't worry about the damn scoreboard. Yeah. Don't worry about it. That's my job. You let me worry about the scoreboard, you just play. Right. You go play. Focus you play on the what play you have that's to called. Do next play. Yeah. Don't worry about the play that happened before. Don't worry about what's coming up. Worry about what's called, and that that's tied life. into that exactly. And that tied into conditioning. Yep. Run the sprint. Do yep. that mat drill. You know, mat drills were these torture sessions we'd have, <laughs> where they'd beat us up for twenty minutes to see who was tough enough to continue to, to you know, to, into spring football. Right. Um, but it was all based on one at a time, and I right. live my life that way because you do have. To, I'm sure you would. Oh, yeah. with Candelaria I've design. Learned, I've learned it's one at a time, way. man. You, you can't do more than what you have at hand, nope. and. I believe that people sometimes fall on their faces because they get overwhelmed and they see too much, and and they well, they're, they're worrying not, about too many things that yeah, your mind's all over the place. Of it's never going to even. And happen. you're not focused on any one thing; you're focused on everything, but then you can't do anything because right. you're focused on everything. If that makes sense. So. Yeah, no, totally. So I believe that yeah, having that purpose, that drive, you know, one at a time, just you know, day yep. by day, just just it's what helped us be successful as athletes. It's what's helping me be successful as a human being. Um, and it's just, it's life's a blessing, man. That's the way I look at it. Awesome, right? Oh, yeah. I it mean, I love awesome. every, every day to me is, is just so, it, what I've learned is just make it cool, you know? 
take the yeah. day and go, how about I make this a cool day? Well, I've got Juan Roque coming over. You know, I'm going to make him paella. Because you know what? He's that was really cool. Yeah, and you're going to remember <laughs> that, right? Exactly, exactly. And you're going to take some back to your wife, Jen. And oh, yeah. And, and, I, and I look forward to this today, too, because it's, it's just when, 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 when you have a good relationship and a good rapport with somebody, and as, as we have, yep. and, and you invited me on your podcast, I, I knew we were going to have a great time. And, and when, you, <laughs> when you kind of gave me the themes of what you wanted to talk about, I mean, there's just so much we can get into. We oh, can go yeah. probably for three we're, hours. We're you know. going to be doing this some more, I hope. Oh, absolutely. And but you got to uh, talk about your podcast. You've got a podcast going. Yes, too. I do. Uh, Sun Devils Worldwide. You can find it on my Facebook page. You know, it's it's one of those funny things. That what what Facebook puts you through just to change the name. It used to be called On the Line, but now we changed it to Sun Devils Worldwide. It's out of the Dave Pratt Star yep. Studios in the same building that you're in. Same building. Design is two in. floors above me. Two floors above. I, I got to yep. come say hi to you, but. Uh, it's we're in a test run phase right now. It's nothing concrete. It's just something we're trying. It's a Sun Devils based show. I'm really going to focus just on football season for the most part. We've done 21 episodes, and I just recently brought on a co-host, uh, Brittany Boyer, who's uh, kind of a freelance uh, journalist here in the Valley. She yep. does, you know, her lit with bread on Facebook. She also does uh, some some TV appearances. She just has a really good energy, just kind of like we have a good energy. You know, we have good energy with her. And yep. um, again, we're 21 shows in. We just did our bowl game show last week, and now of course we're going to do a recruiting. Uh, show. As you know, there's a lot of great things happening with ASU. So uh, I wanted to do a show that really just focuses on Sun Devil football, but not the wannabe ESPN yeah. stats and facts yeah, and, yeah, yeah. you know, who's who's up for the Heisman. And I really want to get into themes that, you know, a lot, a lot of people will maybe even get into, you know, fans that are talking smack about the program, for instance. Yeah, I could right. go on a 45-minute rant just on that alone, and I've done it. <laughs> um, I learned a lot about myself doing this podcast, Mark. I, I learned that I can actually do a show by myself. Yep. I don't need to have a co-host or I've, I've no, done solo good. acts. You got to go. Um, it goes fast, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. <laughs> Especially when you're rambling. But <laughs> you see, I ramble. So um, so it's something we're trying now. We'll see where it goes. Um, hopefully yeah. it, it has awesome. a future. I know that uh, podcasting is becoming a lot more popular. You know, a lot of the big name, even media stars yeah. uh, are doing podcasts because I just think it gives a different element where we can just have a conversation. You sure. know, we're in your living room, in your beautiful home here in Phoenix. You know, we're just hanging out. I had paella. You know, we don't have cameras and directors yeah. and time well, constraints. Talk, and, but who you else know, would ever uh, be part of this you conversation? You know, a producer barking into your headpiece yeah. like, you know, hurry up. We're, we're on a time constraint. You know, we don't have any. We don't worry I mean, about I, that. I, I, and I always think that podcasting, it becomes more real. Yeah. You, you bring a more real human approach. You're just being yourself. Yeah. You're, you're not acting. You're not trying to... You're not trying to put on a show. It's a show, but I don't know if that makes sense. It's a show, but you're not putting on a show. Right. What I like you're, about you're, it is... You're trying to get something across. You know, like if we, were at a, if we were at a restaurant or, you know, place like that talking, we wouldn't have this conversation. We would talk about, you know, how's your wife? What's this? How's yeah, what's going on? Where are you going to Italy next? Yeah. You know, uh, But, you know, to do this, it's, it's great because we get into depth, but everyone can hear it and everyone can be a part of it. Right. So and it's, like, it's, like, like, it's it. like I'm talking to you, but yeah. everyone else is kind it's, of eavesdropping. Everyone there, else is There's a lot of flies on the wall, right? I want to talk about your lovely wife, Jen. And oh, your thank son, you. yes. your son Christian. Yes, I love Very following what them. you guys do on social media. I know she got her nursing degree. And yes, I, and I mean, it's been fun watching your your family progress. Thank you, thank you. Very, my my, cool. my wife uh, is she's just she's a badass girl, man. She's uh, <laughs> we she's both from, have badass girls, dude. We do. Yeah, you have a warrior <laughs> queen, absolutely. Yeah. You have, you know, I'm sure she keeps you going. Oh and, yeah, you know, For sure. Just so super proud of her accomplishment, you being able to overcome yeah. her adversity. You know, that again, just one at a time. It just shows one you that mentality of a warrior. That's said every day. Just um, we're living today. And, and my wife also. You know, going through nursing school and, and watching her transformation from student to professional yeah. and now to being in the leadership position. Yeah. You know, in, in three short years out of nursing school, she's already a senior clinical manager. Yeah. It's kind of unheard of. Uh, usually you have to get a little bit more chops, you know, get a little bit more um, in charge, you know, but she she's dove in it. and 
she developed a reputation over at Banner Australia of, of uh, you know, being just the person who goes above and beyond. And That's her, her management team identified her right there. That's what I tell yeah. everybody. Just take a job, go beyond. What's, what, how'd you say it? Just above, above and, and beyond. beyond. Go yeah. above and beyond. It's amazing what happens to you when you go above and beyond. Yeah, and so you can do that without being the quote-unquote proverbial kiss ass. See, there's yeah, a difference no, between people sucking ass. up and kissing ass than working your tail off right. and, and, and doing more than everybody else. Just to me, that's not, being, that's not being in someone's rear end. That, right. that's, you are setting yourself apart. Yeah. You are forging your own path. And I think a lot of people get confused with that in the corporate world. They think that, oh, because I'm working harder than everybody else or that I'm, I'm, I'm doing more than everybody else, that I'm sucking up. No, I'm not sucking up. Yeah, I'm, you're trying I'm, to make them I'm trying bad. to get paid. I'm, I'm trying to make money because in the end, what does it come down to? Why, why do you have Condelaria Designs? Why do I work at Phillips Group? Why does my wife at Banner Australia? Yep. We're trying to get ahead in life. Yep. We, we have homes to pay for. We got bills to pay. And we, we're thankful we for what we got. We want to take vacations. And what's wrong with living like that? What's wrong with wanting There's good things in your life? That. Nothing. To me, it's always the people that want to underachieve and that never quite work as and hard. And what's in it for me? That want, yeah, that, that want to that want to degrade the one that's that's trying to shine. But totally. Um, getting back to Jen, you know, I'm just so proud of her from that transition because you know she just works so hard for that. And of course, it's bled into our son, which yeah. you know he has autism. Yeah. But that doesn't mean he's disabled. If anything, he's abled. Yeah. Well, I watch what he does. It's a pretty amazing. It's a pretty amazing kid. I'm <laughs> yeah. so blessed to be his dad. He's my hero, Mark. Well, he got uh, the genes kid. of both of you, so it's yes. like a mega gene. Yeah, and sometimes that can be a little bit uh, surly. You know, yeah. he, he's a little bit sharp and he can be a little bit uh, abrasive, but, you know, he's my son. He's, yeah. he's our son, 100%. How old is he now? He's uh, 18, going to be 19 in May. Okay, I've got he's, an 18-year-old, uh, too, so 18 yeah. tough, no matter, no matter <laughs> who it is or how they are. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a meme on Facebook that says... <laughs> This is when you're arguing with a younger, with a younger version of yourself, but you want to strangle it or something. Oh, wow, that's it's, funny. That's so. This is when you're arguing with a younger, more surly version of yourself or something. It's, it's a parent arguing with their child, but yep. but you know he's uh, he just finished his freshman year at Arizona Christian. He's on the football team. He's on a partial scholarship, and he had a that's awesome. four A's or four, three A's and three B's or four A's and two B's. That's awesome. Um, so he's he's, he's striving. He's gonna, he's kicking. he wants to be an engineer. Um, he's also like in architecture, so maybe one day I could have a venture. Bring him to the for office, you. seriously. I, I'd love to see that. He, he, he's uh, he's doing this Minecraft thing right now where he's designing houses, and they're part of this group. Okay, bring him to the office. I will take him to a couple of our projects. Okay. walk him around. Oh, he'd probably love it. Yeah, yeah you come so along too. Check him out. I'd love to. I'd that love would to. be. So, yeah. Okay, let's talk a little football. We got okay, let's talk football. Coming up. All right. Yes. All right. We've got the uh, college championship game. That's LSU a heck of a, that's a heck of a game, isn't it? Good, isn't it? Oh, you got two teams who really just. To me, exemplify what college football is all about. You know, you got Joe Burrow over at LSU, just won the Heisman Trophy, um, who's just an outstanding quarterback. Trevor Lawrence, of course, with Clemson. But I'll tell you what, I'm really rooting for LSU in this game, and I'm going to tell you why. Ed Orgeron. This is a guy, Mark, who had adversity a few years back. Now, everyone sees him right now as the LSU head coach. Probably, yeah. probably gonna, I'm you know, probably going to go down I, as one I, of the I best like coaches. listening to him. <laughs> raspy voice he has, yeah. Doesn't he sound like the water boy that comes uh, like, ah, nah, 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 for the water boy? I can just but, sit there and listen to him. He's he he's a guy that I admire a lot, and I'd love to meet him and shake his hand oh, because I'm yeah. going to tell him, you know what, Coach, you're a guy who helped build USC in, in the glory years with with Pete Carroll, and then you left, got fired out of Mississippi State. I believe it was Mississippi State. Got fired right. after a couple of years, and then he goes back to USC, helps build them back up, and gets them, you know, where where they're bringing in the recruits. And you know, sadly they had. Blaine Kiffin and Sarkeesian yeah, there. Yep. So he's getting passed over, over at USC. And then they pass him over again. They hire Clay Helton, who's hated by the Trojan fan base. 
and they pass him over. After he took the team 9-4, and four, I believe, and won the bowl game, you thought he got Crazy. the job. You think USC isn't pissed off right now? You think in the, in the annals of... Well, I think uh, he fits LSU perfect. Yeah, but somewhere in the deep <laughs> recesses of Troy, yeah. at Heritage Hall, that I believe that place is called, yeah. you know, I'm sure they're regretting that <laughs> yeah, decision well. because he, here he is, this man who's overcome so much. And when you saw him um, win uh, the, the, the SEC, you know, the way he cried. Yeah. And they brought up USC to him in an interview and he cried. You know, it still bothers him. Yeah. But for him to go and take this group of kids and have them believing and now playing for the national title, I really hope he wins it. Yeah, I, think that, I think that a man that's been through so much like him, who's been through adversity, has been fired, yeah. been run out of town twice, but now he's in Baton Rouge and he's, he has the Tigers winning the way they are. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I, I really hope the Tigers the, take the that game. Offensive coach or one of the other coaches, his daughter-in-law. Yeah, was, the, was the coordinator. Yeah, his daughter-in-law. Yeah, what was reporter for ESPN? I'll talk about the blow Oof. before the game. During and the, then I mean, for right them to go the out game. and play the way they did, I mean, they Amazing. just ran over Oklahoma. There's nothing more dangerous, Mark, than a team with its back against the wall. Yeah. And I think that LSU has had that mentality all season. Yeah, they do right. not play like they're favored by three touchdowns. They do not play like they're ranked number one in the country. Yeah. They don't play like they're the national would-be champion. No, they just seem to they play like done. They play <laughs> like, uh, you know, last week we interviewed uh, um, Kez McCorvey, and we asked him about the Florida State teams of the early 90s. He says, we practiced like we weren't that good. Yeah. That, that was profound. We practiced and we worked like we weren't that good. Well, I love that and ASU Florida LSU State does. game. Was that fun or what? I mean, oh, it was yeah. a, that it was, was a great, great The great offense game. couldn't great really game. do much, but it was a defensive struggle, and I think that we showed a lot with uh, Tony White calling yeah. the defense. Yeah. Uh, I think that we're going to be okay. That defense was good. Oh, man, we were fire. <laughs> they I made mean, some plays, too. They're on scholarship, too, but hats off to the defense. We, we could have folded in that game in the first easily. quarter. And, easily. We and that fumble, and then the to get that interception right back, that was crazy. And then the, the kickoff return. <laughs> yeah, so there, there was a lot of elements in that game that could have caused us to, to not, not – proceed or, right. or, or to give Just up. Pack and, it in. and even though our offense didn't score a lot of points, they didn't lose the game no, either. That's right. Um, so, you know, we've got a bright future with Jaden. I think that the program is going in the right direction. Herm so Edwards. How involved are you in, in, at ASU? Well, I, you know, as, as an alumnus, and now I'm, I'm a donor, I'm a Sun Devil 100 Club okay. um, member. You know, you, you have to go a certain number of years yep. at a certain amount to get into the 100 Club. Um, I really can interact a lot with recruits. Um, and I, I, I don't, I don't, Facebook, I don't yeah. uh, do anything like that because I don't know what the rules are. I know yeah. that boosters, technically, I would be considered a booster now. Yeah. Um, I'm involved from the standpoint of that I donate. Um, I'm, I'm on campus, you know, when, when I I'm for games, I, yeah. I interact a lot with Coach Herm, um, with the players. When, when I have a chance, you know, my nephew by marriage is, is playing on the team. He's a walk on lineman, That's Eddie cool. Medina, who's doing really good. And hopefully, he'll have a chance to maybe get the two deep this year. Yeah. Um, but, you know, as an alumnus, we don't have a lot of interaction on campus with recruits, things like that. Especially me that I'm a donor, I, I really don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to ever get my program in trouble. Yeah, uh, but I'm a diehard Sun Devil. I'm, I'm oh, involved yeah. we, as much as they'll have me. I'll, I'll be involved. We know that about you. Yeah. We lo I love that about you. That's what I love about you. Well, you know, it's because I'm a Sun Devil that I have these great things in my life, Mark. It's I, it's you know I got my degree from ASU. I, I yeah. graduated you know Latin American history. I, I was meaning to go to law school. Didn't really work out that way. I went to the NFL. That's why I majored in Latin American history because <laughs> I, I I envisioned myself this big shot corporate lawyer. You know, working in South America or in Mexico right. and bringing corporations together. And, you know, because NAFTA was big, you know, in the, in the 90s. And yep. I was envisioning myself being a part of something like that. It didn't work out that way, but that's okay. You know, yeah. I have a great career now. I work at Phillips Law Group. Um, even though I don't have a, a law degree, I mean, I, I may still go back to law school. You yeah. know, there, there's been lawyers that, that, want this, that, that are older yeah. that went to law school. I'm more mature. I mean, I, I believe I can conquer law school. Just I 
pretty much conquered everything else. It, totally. It would be a, a hell of an accomplishment. We'll see what happens in that note. But I, I love what I do for a living. I run an intake team. I have just, you know, seven people, eight people on my team that are just fantastic people, human beings. I coach them. I nurture them. You know, I, yeah. I lead by service. You know, I serve my group. I, I do everything I can for them so that they perform for me. Yeah. And it works. You know, it's, it's, it's a big thing. When, when you lead through service, you ensure yourself that you're going to be protected and that totally. your people are going to be watching your, watching your back because they know that you have theirs. You know, I would yeah. say, I fall on the sword, I'll fall on the grenade, whatever I got to do. Yeah, see, I think your mindset and your... It's the lineman uh, mindset. Well, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. A, it, but see, that, that's just it. I love that mindset because it's not the star of the show, but without you, and I, I use this metaphor all the time, without a good lineman, the stars of the show can't perform. No. They're, they're not any good. Yeah. Barry Sanders would not have 225 yeah. yards. The offensive lineman is the only position in all of football where your purpose is to protect yeah. or to lead somebody. Yeah. Lead the running, the running game. Yep. You know, open holes, block yep. linebacker. Your job is to protect. You're right. the only position that protects right. in the whole field. Right. So that says so, something. So then takes take, a special take person that to play. towards business. And I think oh, there's, a whole, there's a whole thing that you've got sitting there that you could work from for, for a lot of businesses. You could teach a lot of businesses the lineman mentality of running Oh, absolutely. Business. Whether it's a law firm or Condelaria Designs, you know, yep. you always have to protect yeah. the company. You have to protect your employees. You have to protect the firm's reputation. You have to protect, you know, for us, state bar licenses. You know, everything we say, everything we, we do can have a profound sure. impact on the people around much. us, especially when you're on the intake level. We're the ones talking to clients. We're the ones dealing with clients. Everything we say and do, yeah. you know, you me could potentially have some severe consequences. Yeah. So we always keep that in mind when we're dealing with people. Make sure that we're professional, that we're doing things the way we're supposed to, that yeah. we're, we're taking our direction from the attorneys. Um, and when we do those things, we're successful. And thankfully, we, we have, we've had a great year, and hopefully we're going to have another one. So. Yeah. Well, I, think, I think you have a career there that you don't even know about teaching other businesses what you know. Well, again, we'll see what the future holds. We you might know, have, we have uh, to talk about this. Well, we may have to. Okay, <laughs> I mean, so I'm NFL. always up for something like let's that. Get, let's get to the people. NFL real quick. Okay. We've got a couple minutes left. Let's just talk about where, where's the NFL go? Where's the, who's going to run away with this? Is it going to be Kansas City, Baltimore? Uh, we have seen a metamorphosis <laughs> in quarterback play that I think is just outstanding. Mahomes you know, seeing Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, you know, Russell Wilson set it off, you know, with, yeah. with his play in Seattle. But we have just these young stud athletes who are just showing that, uh, you know, there used to be a stigma against a black quarterback a long time. It was such a racist, disgusting thing that, that I'm so glad that, that's that, over. You know, Warren Moon started to smash it, Randall Cunningham started to smash it, but these guys have really just taken it to another level. Yeah. They're intelligent, they're phenomenal athletes. Yep. They can do things that not a lot of people can. And when you have that, and, you know, um, Houston has, has their guy, too, who's, yeah. who's, uh, I, his name escapes me at the time. But, you know, right now, Lamar Jackson, of course, is just taking the league by storm in Baltimore. Russell Wilson with Seattle, I think those are going to be your Super Bowl teams. I think that Russell Wilson's experience. You still got this his, Tom Brady dude kind of floating around out there. Yeah, but yeah. I, I don't think they have the dogs on, on offense. So they got either. Tom Brady. He just doesn't have the weapons anymore. Yeah. And I think Baltimore is this. And he has Jesse Amendola, but they, that's, they don't have a running game. Their, their vertical game is really just not there. The defense is not really able to stop anyone yeah. anymore. They're, they, they've, they've, they've really just, at this point, aged out, I believe. that they're, The roster just got tired. Yeah. Um, but don't ever count them out because right. they do know how to win. They do know how to play. But I believe this is Baltimore's year. I That's believe that. I think. I think they're the sleeper in this thing. I think Lamar Jackson is just on a mission. He's just a, he's a <laughs> young man good, who, man. from Louisville to now, he just, he just, he's just a different guy. Yeah. And when you get that young guy in that situation, you know, Russell Wilson did it. You know, sadly, you know, it wasn't against the Patriots, but he did against your Broncos. Yeah. <laughs> but it was mostly defense. But that's, of course, Baltimore staple is yeah. that 
not only do they have this Lamar Jackson kid on 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 a quarterback, but they got to play down good defense, yeah. and that's what Baltimore is known for is their defense. So, I think it's Baltimore, Seattle in the Super Bowl. I do believe that the the Seahawks, Seahawks will get in there, the Seahawks huh? have caught fire. They they figured something out. You got got Jadavian Clowney over there. Yeah. Russell Wilson, of course, you you can't ever count him out. Now you got the Niners in there yeah. that could potentially unseat them, but. I just I think it's Seattle. Pete Carroll, you can't count this dude out, man. He just knows how to coach teams into the Super Bowl. No, his decision making in the Super Bowl could be they screwed up that play the other day where they ran. That's why he has his little gaps here and there where where he can goof up. But uh, that team just knows how to get there, and and they know they know how to how to perform. But I think that John Harbaugh, Harbaugh, starting tomorrow, it's a different season. Oh, it's a, it's a whole it's like, forget, three forget speeds the in the NFL. Games. There's preseason yeah. speed, there's regular season speed, and then there's playoff speed. Totally. And, and I think it's going to be a great playoffs, I but I do believe in the end it's going to be Seattle-Baltimore, and I may be wrong, but but I think those are your Super Bowl teams with Baltimore taking the whole thing. Okay, I think it's going to be the Ravens 49ers. Year. You think Niners, huh? Yep. Well, Garoppolo, yeah, I mean, he, he has his <laughs> moments too, but uh, I don't know if uh, I don't know if they're going to be able see. to beat Seattle. Seattle just... Well, they're crafty, you're right. Carol's crafty. 49ers don't have the experience that Seattle does no, in the playoffs. Now, granted, a lot of the Legion of Boom is gone, and, and totally those teams right. are, but they still got Russell Wilson. You can't count that dude no. out. He knows how to and get it done in the playoffs. rise at the right time. Exactly. And, yep. and they just, you know, they, they just have that ability. All right. So I'm running out of time. There's like 20 more questions here that we didn't even get to. So <laughs> we're going to do another I, show then. <laughs> you and I are definitely doing another podcast. So how do we get in touch with you? How do we find you? You gave us. Uh, we'll put the link to your podcast in our episode notes. Okay, awesome. Thank you. So it's Sun Devils Worldwide is my my Facebook right. show page. Of course, my my personal page. You know, is, is always there. Um, well, I love your Instagram, and I love your Facebook. Yeah, I don't really do much Instagram. Well, I, 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 I tried it. It's, it's Facebook it's that Facebook I'm really I'm really monogamous with social media. Mark, I mean, you got Twitter, you got Facebook, you got <laughs> I this, can't do Twitter. I can't this Snapchat out. thing now. I mean, I I I could. I'm, yeah, I'm getting older. Snapchat. I'm just I'm monogamous. So I can only do one. TikTok? Are you doing the dance? I don't even know what the hell that is. <laughs> so that just shows you. You and I have to do a TikTok. That's what we'll have to do. You and I. You a and TikTok. I okay. We'd well. be a funny pair next to each other, I think. <laughs> so no. So we we we'll track you down. I okay. definitely go to his Facebook page because especially next fall after Sun Devil Games, I love watching to see what you say. Oh gosh, I, I sometimes especially if they I lose. sometimes regret it, but you know it is what it is. <laughs> I love it, man. Well, I just nothing pisses me off more than negativity, and no, even in no. victory, people can be negative. I just what our fan, fan base needs to just snap out of it and start supporting Herm and, and this program. It's going in the right direction. Yep. We got great things happening. We got great recruiting class coming in. Um, we got some really dynamite wide receivers that you know Jaden's awesome. going to be able to throw to. We didn't awesome. have that in the bowl game, as you saw. Yeah. So we got some. We got that new running back in Gata who just committed recently. So we got some dogs coming That's in. Cool. So it's going to be a mix of youth and the kids that have been there. I'll look for Merlin Robertson and you know uh, Darian Butler to, to really step it up nice. um, this this coming year. And I think they got great things going for the Sun Devils. Hopefully, great things going for Condelaria Design. I know our firm is going through great things. The Valley itself is going to go oh, through some great things. Going, so it's, it's a great crazy, time to be alive right now, ain't it? Oh, I love it. It's gonna be a great I year. Twenty twenty is gonna rock, man. Let's do it, I have no friend. doubt. All right, Absolutely. brother. Thanks again. Thanks for having Enjoy me, Mark. Oh, I, well, I definitely enjoyed it. Thanks for having <laughs> me, man. All right, bye bye. Thank you so much, Juan. That was so much fun. I could have sat there and <laughs> podcasted or just shot the shit with you all night. I mean, we had a great time. He, he, we wandered back to the kitchen and had a little paella. He took a bowl back to his wife, Jen. And um, since then, we've been texting. We've got some, we've got some projects that uh, we're going to work on. It doesn't have nothing to do with architecture. It's going to do with uh, some webinars, a little speaking. Uh, I think his energy and my energy combined with uh, maybe some uh, other people. We're going to put together a, a fun little group, I think, and maybe some um, some functions and events over at our office with the new kitchen, and um, should be a lot of fun. Speaking of which, uh, I want to thank everybody who has contributed 
to our dinner that we're going to have at the uh, Frank Lloyd Wright Taliesin West this coming Thursday. Uh, we sold it out, and um, I don't know how much we raised for, for the foundation, but I know we did pretty darn well. And uh, it's going to be a fantastic evening. Cocktails at Sunset, tour of uh, Taliesin West, and then we've got a fantastic dinner that's going to be served in the Frank Lloyd Wright Cabaret Room. So thanks for the support, everybody. It's fantastic. And uh, we will see you next week. We've got some more great podcasts. Actually, you know what? We've got one coming up Wednesday. Uh, we're going to do a pod swap. Okay. A pod swap, basically, I'm going to do a podcast. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interview Renee D., from Iconic Life magazine, the digital magazine, and she interviewed me. And we're going to release both both podcasts on the same day. So it should be a lot of fun. So stay tuned to that this coming Wednesday. All right. Have a great week, everybody. And remember to always inspire living. Okay. A happy new year to our good friends at Stock at Tile and Granite Company, where your project is our priority. I'll tell you what, We are getting close to getting our kitchen put together. And, um, you know, so many people are helping us on that project. And uh, I'll tell you, one that uh, I always enjoy working with and traveling with and cooking with is my good friend Dave Stockett and his lovely wife, Becky. And uh, their crew are helping us out tremendously there in the kitchen. So we want to thank them. They do fantastic work. And anytime you got... uh, Dave and Adam and his son Adam and their crew on one of our projects. That's one area I don't have to worry about. I know it's going to be first class all the way. So thanks again, guys. Let's make it a great year. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed our podcast. We encourage you to write a review, screenshot it, and share it with your friends. Please instant message it to me and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We thank you for listening and we look forward to sharing more insights to inspiring living next week.